I'd just like to let everybody know before we start the podcast, there may be the odd swear word during fighting on the inside. Also, some of the subjects that we cover, especially those surrounding mental health, some people may be affected by these conversations. If you are, then you can find information and help in the show notes. But please, other than that, enjoy the show. So another massive shout out to our big sponsor, Mangata. Any companies or small businesses, large businesses out there looking for payroll, look no further. With 20 years of UK and global payroll experience, you'll be incredibly good hands. They've got very competitive margins and very, very easy to set up for agencies and candidates. And once a candidate has been referred, they will be contacted within 30 minutes. You really can't ask for much more. So you know what to do. Go down to the description, click on their website to check them out. It's mangatapayuk.com. And thank you so much to Mangata for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Fighting on the Inside. As always, I need to say a massive thank you to our sponsors, Mangata, Real Power of One, and Wow Hydrate. Without these guys, we couldn't be doing what we're doing. And as you know, this podcast is all in aid of anti-knife crime charity, Gloves Up, Knives Down. So without those guys, we couldn't support the charity. So today, myself and Johnny... You stuck with me, I'm fixtures and fittings. I was yeah. cleaning when you got here this morning. Do you know, I'm quite upset about this situation because <laughs> the more, more I know you, Johnny, you are an <clears throat> annoying person to be around, isn't he? Too much banter from this one. And we have Leon McKenzie in the house. Now, it's a really interesting guest for us because not only has Leon been a professional boxer, successful amateur boxer, he was also a professional footballer. I'm a lot, wasn't, a lot. wasn't an amateur boxer, by the You way. weren't an amateur boxer? Well, fucking well done, Jamie. <laughs> Just so you know. Is, is that Johnny Straight that gave you the Straight to Bruce, it was him, to oh be fair. Oh, my God. Did I say that? <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> but to be honest, I think I just assumed it. We were talking it. about the memory situation, so... <laughs> this is it, you know, We've had many conversations. No, I... I, I Went straight into professional. I think that's where it come from, you know. I think I just led with the assumption that you must have gone no, through the amateurs. No amateurs. I, I was a youth team academy player at Crystal Palace. Did you right. get a load? Of, did, did you get a load of stick when you did that? Jump straight into the amateur. Uh, jump straight into the pros. Yeah, they, they were, everyone wanted to beat me up, for sure. That's what I'm talking about. Something Is that because you hadn't what? Every fight, the every passage? fight, every fight I had wasn't. Even though there were some journeymen at the beginning of my career. Every fight I had, it was like they upped their game. You had a target on hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Was you told this, or you sensed this, or they? Actually I could sense it. I could see it in the 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 demeanor. I could see it all. Their characteristics, the way they looked at me, the way they were at the the weigh-ins, the way all the energy was there. You know what I mean? So, but what it did, what none of them did, unfortunately, know is that <laughs> you can fight. We, yeah. Well, as much as you want to bring it to me. I'm not a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I guess that could be for many reasons. You've just said you were a professional footballer before you went into boxing, but you also come from a fighting family. Yeah, I'm from a, a yeah, famous boxing family. Uh, my dad, Clinton McKenzie, being a former British European champion, um, went to the Montreal Olympics in 1976, uh, fighting Shigre Leonard. Um, wow. Uh, on the way, obviously, Shigre Leonard went, went on to be five-time world champion, I believe. Um, so it's not a... 
discredit it's not, any, yeah, it's yeah. not a bad loss you know what I mean um, and then obviously my uncle Duke being a, a former three time world champion which he was like probably the first one of the fir first people to, to do it um, and uh, yeah very very successful in, in boxing yeah so do you think then people having a target on your head do you reckon it's a bit more because of that bit more because of your sort of family and like a lot of expectation on you no, right, I think, before I think, that did you feel a lot of expectation because of that when you moved into boxing no, I think football has this sort of stereotype, uh, interesting, fascinating thing about it anyway. So they have great reputations uh, what from the outside. And I guess within boxing, because I know of the, the, the industry, I'm really a boxer turned footballer, but not many people would know that really. Uh, you know, football set up for me because that's the path I chose. But I'm really a boxer turned footballer. I, I was in the gym from best part of seven years old watching and seeing all the old school fighters um was know. it was it you were going to point to me now <laughs> <laughs> he's going to point to me I mean, said old school there's fighters. older than his ancient there's <laughs> older than his ancient but did did your did your was it a case of which opportunities came first yeah so we did think about it we we i had like those sort of dreams um, to maybe go down the boxing route, you know, really go down the amateur route, you know, go down the ABA route, you know, the sort of having gate cups or whatever they are, they are the international sort of stuff um, with with a, maybe a view of going on to like sort of GB and trying to push right really for that. Um, but I guess football took off for me at a time... I'll tell you a quick story, which is the honest truth. I was in a bit of a transition period, about 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, you know, doing a bit of training and, you know, doing some pads, fun with a few people and, you know, like loved the 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 fact of it, you know, and like mm. liked it. It looked quite it looked quite good. But I could I could fight a little bit, bit of an awkward southpaw and yeah, just in you know, I had a bit of I had the right DNA. But my dad woke me up one morning, must have been at about five o'clock in the morning, and he was like, Champ, let's go for a run. Let's do it. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Do you know what, Dad? I think I'm going to just go with football. <laughs> Literally, that was a true story. I told you that today. Um, was he not I, disappointed? No, no, he just smiled. He All just right. smiled. And, and he's like, All right, Champ, cool. Like that, and then um yeah, sort of rolled over, got up, and then obviously, yeah, football. Well, I wouldn't say it was an easier route, mm. but easy in terms of when I obviously found found boxing at a time in my life. Um, at thirty five years old, I was thirty five when I jumped into professional boxing ring after an eighteen year um professional football career, and I played at every level from Premiership all the way through uh, Championship, League One, League Two. And a little bit in non-league. I scored in every league. Um, won two promotion medals. And scored some massive goals uh, in the time you know, a couple of seasons had in the Premiership. Um, and, and some fantastic money. I uh, wish I was still playing today because I wouldn't be sitting here uh, probably. Because I, I know when you when you stopped boxing pro, mm. straight away... Old boys like me are thinking, why would you leave football well, to box? You're on a regular wage, you're on, and you're not getting punched in the face. Yeah, but what you've got to understand is, and this is where, so Curtis Woodhouse, obviously, I played with Curtis, um, actually at Peterborough, 
And I remember when he, he used to come into the training ground. This is when I was like flying. I was like a top striker then. And he used to come into the training ground with black eyes. He's a bit of a nut anyway sometimes, Curtis. You know, he's got that sort of chef. Yeah, he's... You know, he's like he's a bit of a nut. Hard, hard, hard. You know what he thinks he's, he, he, you know, he's, he's just a bit of a like he's a bit tapped. Yeah. So he used to I'm come in him. and he used to be like, he used to be like, and I was like, what's, what's going on? Like, why, why are you all beat up all the time? And he's like, he's like Lee, I'm, 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 I'm gonna probably go into boxing. I was like, yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah, like, like leave it out, leave it out. You're playing like decent level of football, earning decent though, but. I found it so inspiring in terms of his journey, in terms of, you know, being a 26-year-old, uh, former England international, um, had a, I think he did play premiership football, um, but to completely leave that life with a, such a, it, to go into a sport like boxing with no guarantee, and if you ask Curtis, he had a fair share of fights. If you... You know, it wasn't an easy task. Yeah, yeah. You know, and again, you know, he had the footballer tag. Everyone, you know, steps up their game. You know, Curtis, before he became a British champion, um, was knocked out, I believe. Mm. Um, lost some some mm. really tough fights. What you know, finding journeymen hard and and going through that whole learning process because he's never really had any amateur fights either. So, well, he might have had a few. I can't remember, but. When you when you're going through that process, it, it is is like quite inspiring in terms of what he actually did go on to do to beat Darren Hamilton for the British title, who's a little you know obviously a little bit more seasoned in, in terms of experience. Um, that was fantastic, but for my own journey, it makes it a little bit different because if you ask Curtis, well, at 35 years old, could you? Would you would you have gone into a professional boxing ring? You probably would have said, "No uh, chance." Most people at retire at thirty-five. Yeah, so I most people say, at yeah, thirty-five was, years was, old yeah. would generally retire, right? So, for me to go in after an eighteen-year football career because I'd already retired, so it wasn't like I was at the top of my career, Johnny. It was, it was like I've retired, and I had about a year, and I weren't really in a great place, if I'm honest. So I know Tyson Fury says about the story and the whole uh, mental health, depression thing, wherever it is, but I kind of spoke about this way before yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it even became that kind of fashion and topic, yeah, right? Yeah. So not to take anything away from him because, you know, inspiring a lot of ways too, but in my journey, the people that I know that know me, that are close to me, know that after football, I, I wasn't really in a great place with, with, with a lot and depression and, and things that I had to fight, certain demons I had to fight. So not only jumping in the box, boxing ring at 35, you know, yes, I wanted to try and win something. Well, well it sounds like boxing was more of a, a crutch for you, uh, medication for you rather than... Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say, say, I would say, you know what, Johnny, I'd say when I look at my journey of life and the ups and downs in it, I would say it was... Uh, a healing process for me to let go of so much pain and things that I'd gone through in my life. And there was something about me that, that wanted to fight. Um, you know, and, and if I go way back and, and look at my, my last fight in 2017 for the Southern Area title against Cello Render, that was, was like that? a fight of the year. 
but it was uh like it was a toe-to-toe fight it was but there was so much involved with that fight although although i lost the fight my heart didn't lose mm. it was it was more of a um i had i'd gave everything i could and i left my heart and soul in that ring so that's why i retired the next day right guys another massive shout out to one of our sponsors now i know if you're a boxing fan you have definitely seen wow hydrate knocking around these guys do an incredible range of health drinks uh, to prop up your sporting ventures you have the electrolyte mix in multiple different flavors to help with rehydration and also your protein mix which contains collagen which will help for recovery now listen if the likes of tyson fury is drinking these things then it must be a pretty good drink but don't take it from tyson take it from me go down into the description click wowhydrate.com and check them out and buy some for yourself keep going with that training with wow hydrate and thanks so much to wow hydrate for sponsoring this podcast so so, so winning would have been a bonus but the way the fight went the way it was perfect it's perfect for you inside it quenched your thirst it, it, there was no more as as Rocky said there's no more in the tank like there's yeah, there's yeah. no more to give you know it, it, that's why I retired the next day because I I'm now 39 years old at the time I've fought for an English title lost on a split decision to Jermaine Smile which I should have won but again what boxing teaches you uh, I got to about 38 years old and I always remember uh, training camps and uh, the, the what my body was doing and, and certain things and I had to be sort of 12 stone bang on I'm sort of best part of 14 and a half stone now but I noticed that when I was getting to championship weight I was finding it harder to make the weight and I didn't because I'm a, I'm a good pro I was a good pro like everything great I lived the life I lived the life but for some reason these these two particular fights i was like oh dad because my dad was much my, my coach and, and trainer and my best friend um and we went to spar with eubanks actually we had some real i mean i used to go all over the country to spar with anyone by myself i never really used to take my dad and that father or son sorry father or son you said eubank sorry father. junior okay sorry sorry chris eubank junior um and uh we had like, you know, like I said, we were sparring all over the country to, you know, I sparred with, you know, Billy Joe many times, uh, Yard, whoever they were, do you know what some, I mean? Some, yeah. some fighters in Degale, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, James DeGale. Like, uh, I, I, I kind of learned my trade doing that. It was a scary place to sometimes go into certain gyms by yourself, without your coach, without your dad, um, and, and know that, you know, what I knew about myself is that in those rounds of sparring and some of these guys are trying to take your head off by the way mm. regardless of, of of my experience um what i knew is, is that there's every time when you come back to when that round's over and you come back to the corner and you are like so tired and you don't know how you're gonna go out for the next round but your 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 pride your heart is there's something that makes you go out mm. that's where i learned my my trade and I was hold, I was holding my own as well right and then that 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 year I had the English title um I think sometimes what I what I learned about it is that I overtrained yeah 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 and Eubanks it was about four weeks maybe three weeks for about three weeks before the English title fight against Smile and um 
my gosh, we went there and Eubanks Jr. was a little bit more, he's very matured now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a back he's, he he's got a, you can see the growth in, in his yeah, personality yeah. now a little bit. You can see that he's learned a lot of things, but where he was back then was probably a little bit ignorant, arrogant and everything that comes with it. Went into it, didn't really say hello to me, didn't say hello to my dad, nothing, literally just very strange atmosphere. And I was like, what's going on here? You know, like, be a little bit, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Yeah. thanks for coming down. You've I'm come all the way to Brighton. That wasn't the case, just very cold. But I understood. Yeah, like, yeah. It's his way of, you know, he's about to put on gloves, he's about to go in, right? And, 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 and you know, we, it was a, it was a, it was it was a good <laughs> spa. Um, Isn't it ironic that that both of you, sons of, of mm, former champions, yeah, uh, that that were fighting maybe with the same chip on your shoulder, yeah, the same target on your back from the establishment, yeah. So now you two in there, so he's trying to teach treat you like that, yeah. And he's probably got a chip on his shoulder, thinking you don't respect him, and vice versa. Yeah, I think no, I always respected. I always respected him, um, but what he did do is is make me. I had to fight. I was a bit of a box fighter anyway, yeah, yeah. so I'd always get sort of sucked into fighting because it was part of what I did. Um, he was a he was extremely fit, a lot younger than me, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, it was probably too much of a tough spar um, to have before the actual English title. And that's one thing we did learn from it because I tell you what, I didn't recover for about a week, you know. <laughs> proper, yeah, proper I didn't recover for about a week because I was just going, I was just going with him, and then, you know, I'm, I'm 38 at the time, and he's, yeah. you know, what is he? Probably me about 27, 26 then. Like he's, he's just he's going for it, you know what I mean? And yeah, I just, uh, I just realised that this guy's, he's really fit, and 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 so forth. Let's just, just let's just go back a bit, or let's go back a few years. Yeah. Now you're a youngster growing up in a house of fighters. Uh, you're making a decision whether or not you want to box or you want to play football. Uh, what was home like? What was home life like? What What was your drive, your ambition to? Was it a good, happy home? Was it safe? Was it, was it comfortable? Was it stable? No, I had a, I had a, I had a, I had some great childhood moments, but I also had some challenging ones. So one of the hardest things for me growing up was seeing my mum and dad actually break up. It really affected me in such a way it damaged me um and i was only about nine at the time but i've been through some places where a child shouldn't excuse me shouldn't be mm. and i've seen some things a child shouldn't see mm. and you only understand that once you do some psychology around the whole yeah, yeah of course you know psychology process um and my childhood has affected my adulthood quite a lot um, and I say that with with confidence in terms of like, I was you know, I had a lot a lot of uh, women influence in those you know worlds. Um, I was introduced to 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 women at an early age. I kind of was molested by an older woman when I was about ten. Um, wow. I thought it was pretty like oh yeah great back then, but as you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you, it's so funny that later on you no, no, as you get stuff, older yeah. and you only realise I've got. I've got my own children, right? Mm -hmm. So I've got four beautiful girls um, and I've got a son who's 25 now. And um, yeah, my girls are my everything. But when you actually look at, you know, everything deeply, 
you actually understand sometimes where your childhood can take you. So I had a, I had a good positive childhood, but at the same time, I had to go through some stuff. I went through bullying. Um, I was going to say, what did all of that do to you? How did that translate into your attitude? A bit like the Rocky Five movie. Um, And when I watched that film, it it rings so many bells because, as obviously it's it's his son in in the movie, right? In Rocky Five, and. uh, what he was kind of going through with the bullying and, and the, you know, I had that um, and I was going through that and I used to wear glasses and I was a bit of like a little bit of a sweet boy, I had like curly black hair then, not got no hair now for a reason. Um, yeah, I got married young and that. <laughs> 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 so, so I'm I, off as to you, Turkey yeah. next week, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I got, I went through that process of, of, of getting bullied and I found it really hard, especially after that, the parents, breaking up and so forth but I think what was special about me is um, I never I never kept it there as an excuse to not go and achieve what I wanted to do yeah, so yeah. although my dad was a successful boxer and my uncle Duke was a successful, a successful I wanted to do something within my own right in my own life so yes I went down the the, the football route first if you when I ask my dad or my uncle, uh, do you think you could have done what I've done? They will say no. Mm-hmm. There's no way of if you flip everything around, they couldn't just become a professional footballer at 35 years old. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. it's unheard of. Um, so what they gave me was a greater insight into being something. So I've seen my dad, I've watched my dad, I've observed my dad wake up at five in the morning, go for runs. I see the way he trains. I see the way he dedicates himself. I see what's going on. I see when he's really like in that zone. I see when he's really like not himself. All these emotions are going on at such a young age and I'm watching what I can see. And obviously Duke as well. I'm seeing all these things going on. And I think it molded me to want to be something. I wasn't quite sure of what it was going to be. But I knew that I was going to be something. Can I ask? Because I've obviously, I'm really interested. You've you've clearly painted a picture of someone who's so fucking determined, even right into your later years, going from an 18-year football career to then decide to go into boxing and to do all of those things you did. Um, you know, travelling around at the age you were, just starting your mm. career, fighting all these young fighters. The determination in you is is obviously insane. But as, as a young kid, you've said that you've gone through some shit and, and you were bullied and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, when it when it came to first boxing, obviously you were boxing training as well as you were you were playing football at an incredibly high level. You obviously throw yourself into things. But that were you in, were you angry because of because of what you'd been through? Were you angry because of the bullying? How did you find your how how was your experience in the in the boxing gym? And did you find you had to use any of that emotion or anger? How were you as a boxer? Like, was you know, as a, as a kid when you went in there, did you find that as an outlet? Like, you know what I mean? I, no, I yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I wasn't angry. Mm. I was quite a sensitive kid. Mm. So the reason why I learned how to fight was just to be able to protect myself. Mm. That was the only reason in, around wanting to fight. It wasn't to to. There was no ego to be like, yeah, I'm I'm bad or. Mm. Like I think I'm bad or whatever. I just wanted to know that what what fighting gave to me was a, a, a confidence to know that okay, if you do try and you know hurt me or whatever it is, I know that I'm gonna really uh, 
have enough tools to 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 do some damage. So you weren't tempted to be the bully. I've never. I I hate bullies. I hate bullies. And it's always a yeah. fine line. Those that are bullied, usually. Yeah, correct. That's true. That's another psychology situation where you find who's been bullied would go and bully. But I used to protect the 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 the, the bullied. At school and stuff, so I actually went on to kind of do the opposite because I knew what it did to me as a person, and I was like I say, I was quite sensitive, you know. At around them times, it was all a little bit different to where generations are now. Anyway, um, you know, I was I was a mixed race kid. Um, I had my black friends, I had my white friends. I just wasn't really fitting in in, in any way. So you know, it was uh, I was in the middle, and that comes down to identity. Um, you know, I, I lost a sister to suicide through identity in terms of like, you know, she was a mixed race, beautiful girl. But, you know, the last conversation I had with her was I don't fit in with my black friends. I don't fit in with my white friends. I just feel stuck. I feel like a little bit lost with life. Next day gone. So how old were you then? I was 24. She was 23. Mm. Yeah. During football. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing at Peterborough. Um, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Not biological sister, but. You know, yeah, yeah, my yeah. sister. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, it, and and these things. Um, well, yeah, I never, I never. It, fighting's never been a, a tool to 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 push any weight around. But anyone that knows me, even through my football career, because I, I knocked a few players out during that process in that career, um, which is, yeah, it's just always been a confidence to have. Anyone that knows me, knows that. Yeah, like you know, sort of. Leon's quiet. Don't mess but with him, basically. Yeah. yeah, don't let the sweet boy face fool you. Yeah. How much influence, you know, we all have role models or people that we look up to. How much influence or how how much stability did your parents, because you, you're talking about how you viewed life yeah. as a youngster. Yeah. And sometimes as a parent now, you, mm. you, you realise you miss one or two things. Do you mm. think your parents clocked that? Do you think, did they contribute to, 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 to building you as a, as a young man? I would say, to be fair to them, they tried. Um, I, I think with sometimes, and you only realise it when you become an adult and you go through your own circumstances. So I never blame my parents for you know. Yeah, so I'm saying things. I'm saying we yeah. miss things. Yeah, yes, we miss things, right, yeah, exactly. and so forth. But I know that they know firsthand that not that they neglected certain things, but they definitely missed certain areas because they were focusing so much on their breakup and focusing so much on divorce or whatever it was that sometimes you miss the bullying. I remember one time going back to my mum saying like in tears saying, mama, I can't go to school. I don't want to go to school. Like, please, 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 please take me home. And she didn't. And I, like, I never forgave oh, her for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like tormenting for me at the time. How can you drive off? You know, just those little things. But when I have that conversation to her, it's like oblivious. She's like, what? Like, Zaha, she loves me to pieces. But it yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. she doesn't even recall that moment. But I did. So it's really interesting that you say that. My dad was very um, influential in, I'd say, I, I learned how to be become a man. He was very old mm. school. You know, came from Jamaica. I was in a household of five brothers, all boxers. And my granddad, his dad was a fierce old school Jamaican and you know Tough. like yeah there was some licks that happened in the house you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like um, so he's tough love he yeah, was very tough love, very, yeah. very tough love and my dad had the same 
morals. Um, he was my biggest fear growing up as a child. Like, it wasn't anything else outside. It was like coming home. If I'd done something bad, I got to face my dad. That was my biggest fear. I was like, nah, that's, that's why I kept a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I never really got in trouble. Um, as a kid, I had I could have gone down the route of 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 being bad. I could have. Do you gone think down that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it was a fantastic thing for me, mm. because if it would have been too easy and I'm just coming home and I'm just like, yeah, my dad's just like like whatever. Um, a lot of parents maybe maybe neglect that a little bit in terms of really fully focusing on what's truly going on in your child's life. And yeah, when when we're bad, we need to be taught a lesson. Hello everyone. So, for those of you that may have noticed how good myself and Johnny have been looking throughout this podcast, that's because we are donning real. Now, they produce high-performance sportswear inspired by boxers. Boxing is as much mental as it is physical, and real believe that it's the combination of physical and mental strength that is where your performance potential lies. Unify body and mind to realize the power of one. Real fights for enhanced mental well-being. So whether you're a seasoned boxer or new to the sport, Real will empower you to test your limits. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Real Power of One, and you can find their store and their newsletter over on realpowerofone.com. And take it from me, this genuinely is some of the most comfortable and high-quality sportswear that I have ever worn. So it's realpowerofone.com for sportswear inspired by boxers. And thank you so much to Real for sponsoring this podcast. Do you know what? It's really interesting you say that because it, it, when we're talking about parents missing things, I mean, ultimately, this is the conversation we're having here and, the, and gloves up, knives down and what they do is about knife crime. But I just want to touch on you saying about parents missing things and with you it sort of translated that they missed that you were being bullied. But obviously, you're talking about your dad. He was tough. He had tough love. He raised you as obviously a really well-behaved, nice lad. You were bullied. Sometimes parents miss that they've they've created an environment that can create their child angry and they could be the bully and we miss that. And then all of this stuff that's going on in kids' lives that sort of gets well out of hand outside of, you know, outside of parenting and it all goes flies under the radar leads to the sort of thing that we're talking about here when we're talking about gloves up, knives down and that and that and that having that effect. Um, and I, yeah, I just find that as uh, really interesting to see you being the victim of that but yet coming through you know being so successful in sport doing the boxing doing all these things and finding your way to channel what you went through mm. i think it you know if if more of these kids that are out there were clocked the angry ones that are doing the bullying that are, you know you were a victim of those sorts but, of kids and how i hear what you're saying but i think and sometimes things like this we we think we're probably focusing on the the individual Mm. Uh, on, the, on the youngsters mm. well actually we should be focusing on, on the, the parents on the parents 100% correct uh, and I see that more so where I am now I mean I I, I do mentoring at, at Crystal Palace for the under 18s now and like you say the parents have so much more to maybe give to answer in, in well, yeah. certain, uh, and to answer for yeah. and, uh, and there's certain areas where where that's at um, but for myself and my own journey I would say yes I've been through some horrendous times, challenges, adversity, tribulations, whatever you want to call it. But I've used it as fuel. There's a lot, I think more so maybe in this generation, we may be, the, the younger generation may be, you know, 
use those ex not that they're an excuse but it will become an excuse for them not to go on to be great yeah yeah and and i think i i'm a i'm a true testament on knowing that yeah listen i've been rock bottom i've been to prison i've been i've had successful successful careers mm. i've 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 walked many paths in life but there's something about me that translates that yeah but this guy still keeps going this guy st still keeps trying this guy still he's like ooh, like he, he's keeps coming tenacious and man. that's and that's that's the ability to have and, and i try and implement that into my children because sometimes you know my son and my daughter my eldest ch children you know i've had a, a very tough sort of upbringing in terms of mm -hmm. in the mum and dad's bitten up they go through their things and so forth um and i've seen their little things of like you know maybe blaming yeah, yeah of course blaming this blaming that and so forth but what I try and tell them is that, listen, at the end of the day, no one's perfect. I've made some mistakes. My, everyone makes mistakes along the way, choices. But in my head, I'm like, don't let my mistakes yeah. stop you from going on to do what you need to do in life yeah. and go and achieve what you need to do. Can I from ask, those conversations, they're, 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 they're flying. Can I ask, Leon, obviously, it sounds like sport's been a massive massive part of your life and obviously you're talking about everything you've gone through how important was sport do you think for your development both football and boxing how much of that helped you like johnny said about boxing sounding like it was a crutch to you mm. um would you say without sport in your life or without that to turn to at any point in your life do you think things would have been different and how would they have been different of course things would be different but i think when you when you grow into a sporting family it's very hard to not be in sort of sport it was implemented into my life without me even really knowing so i kind of took that on but i think to answer your question i do truly believe yes if it was if i didn't have sport in my life i mean i went to drama school before football imagine that do you know what I mean? <laughs> so don't get it twisted. Like I, I am working on getting into some. I'm working on some other things and ideas, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I always feel like my character was to just try and do the best I can, and, and I put my heart and soul into whatever that is, and 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 that's that's yeah. where your success comes from. In any, it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you try and enjoy and you got that passion from from doing something. I was feel like there's jobs that we do that we don't really want to do I, I do jobs now after you know successful careers things i do that i don't want to do but there's always that something that i'm so passionate about which balances it all up you seem to have found an understanding of of your path in life of what's happened in your mm. path in life and able to rationalize it yeah uh, so now as an adult yeah i know you go and you talk you motivate people you try and help help mm. them find the way for you and now looking back on you what do you think made you? What do you think broke you? Broke me or, or, or made me? Both. Made you and, made you and broke you. What broke me as a, as a person? What broke me? Um, after my... Hmm. That's a good question, Johnny. It's a tough but question, a tough question to ask. Because yeah. the, the, yeah. these things that break us give us yeah. strength to, to yeah. make us what, what ultimately what so they stand out. I don't think it's I don't think it falls on one fundamental thing that broke me. I think there's been many punches in my life that I've had to take 
that has brought me to a place of that brokenness. Mm. And when I say that, I've experienced depression probably all my life. Haven't really coped with it great, but I've coped. I think along the way in my journey, whether my first maybe sort of heartbreak was maybe my mum and dad breaking up. Okay, that's one chink off, mm. right? Emotionally, weren't really dealing with that. Then you go through the bullying process. That's another situation. Then you go through, you know, certain adult things that I was presented to that I shouldn't have been presented to. Okay, that's another thing. Then I go through my own life. Then I have my son at 18 years old. Unfortunately, had my son with the wrong woman, but I don't regret my son. Um, and then you start learning about life. Then I go through you know, my first sort of major divorce. And then you kind of start thinking, well, then you sort of get back into back into back end of my, my football career. I think to answer your question, Johnny, I would say injuries really psychologically damaged me and put me in such a bad mindset that I wasn't in control of what my body was doing anymore. But I had so much love and to, I loved scoring goals. I love, I loved the, the, you know, to, to be in that, footballer and it was getting taken away from me left right and center and I could not control it so the lowest part with, with for me in my life was at the back end of my football career and being in that lowest place and 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 knowing that I'm so tired and I'm so drained I feel that life will just be better off without me and you know I tried to, to take my own life no 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 qualms about it at all. Just felt like, and I had my babies. At, at, it wasn't even that. Couldn't say anyone that knows me knows that my children are my everything. Mm. But unfortunately, couldn't. my mind broke broke down so much that I didn't. I just didn't feel I could go on. I'm so tired. So that's where my main damage goes from. What did What did come alive for me about my character is when I actually went through that and we put all that aside and we've got over that now, you know, okay, we're into the next chapter of life. I've ended up going to prison now. So now I went, now I go to prison and I've obviously been through the suicide attempt and everything. And now I'm, now I'm like, I'm only, play, you know, I'm playing premiership football a few years prior to that. So I'm in prison now and I'm looking at these falls and, um, I remember them. I remember me going in horrendous. horrendous. It was the the fear I had, just not knowing what to expect. There's better people in there than me, and like mm. I'm not going in there as a bad person. But when they when the the, the screws when they when they shut the the cell door, I was on my own because my the the person that was my cellmate wasn't coming at that time, and I was just on my own. It was just me silence in these in this cell. And my life just flashed past me. And I burst into tears. And I was like, right, I need to take a deep breath. I need to get through this process. But what I understood about my character is, is that, okay, Leon, you know, don't, don't, don't go where you once were, but what are you going to do now to, to make this right? So got myself a job straight away. In the prison, yeah. In the prison, prison, got job, myself yeah. a job straight away. Started, uh, you know, just keeping myself to myself. Um, 
the Muslim brothers actually looked after me in, in that day. They were very, uh, they sort of ran the show in prison, to be honest. But for, for whatever reason, I don't know why, and I didn't pay no one or anything else, but they just had my back. They just had my back. And I don't forget that. Um, because I don't think without that kind of unity in there, I think it would have been a lot different for me. Mm. But I was very, I was, I was okay. I got through that. But I, what I did was was being productive. I ended up writing sort of a daily diary. Wrote an autobiography while I was in there. But little did I know when I'd finished my sort of four and a half months inside. It was an A cap prison, by the way. So I was with like murderers, rapists, yeah, yeah, paedophiles, yeah. and all that. You know all that. That, that sort of level of, of people. Um, when I came out, I didn't know that I'd be, uh, you know, straight away, someone come up to me and publish, wanted to publish a, an autobiography, like, do you want to do a book? And I was like, really? Like, oh my God, like I've got, I've, I've been writing since I've come in here. Like literally Life everything. Meant so, to be. so yeah, that happened. And then I was like, kind of just, you know, because I got, sort of my pension money from football. So I wasn't like not, you know, I was chilling really like, yeah, yeah. okay, but it's not going to last forever. Right. Mm. So, um, and I had a big ass back then and so forth and things actually got worse again, went through another divorce with a, you know, a fantastic woman. But again, when you're going through those cloudy moments, things can just come up and catch you and grab you and keep you there. Right. So went through that. And then, um, that's when I sort of decided to, I kind of lost everything. And I'm not saying like materialistically, but I'd lost my identity. I didn't know who I was anymore. I weren't playing football anymore. I, w I came out of prison. I didn't have no identity anymore. He's like, who is Leon McKenzie? I didn't know what to tell you. Like, what do you do? I don't know what to tell you anymore. Um, and it messed with my head a lot. Um, so I was a little bit lost. And then like one time I just I said to my dad, I said, dad, like, um, I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good. And this is sort of first time I sort of spoke openly. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't be in that place again, dad. This, you know, my dad was one of the people that found me in the hotel when I tried to take my life. And there was a bit of a thingy connection there, but I had to speak to him and say that, dad, I, I can't, I'm not giving up on my children again. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, but dad, I want to jump in the boxing ring. And he's like, so, let's go. He just went no straight question. away, no so, question. So, right, let's go. It's wow. time. And I was like, cool, it's time. And I'll tell you what, in all fairness to me, <sighs> I mean, John, you, you, you know as well, but I, I trained hard, man. Yeah. It so went. You had all of that bubbling up in there, right? You've it just, 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 just my whole journey, right just, yeah, just my whole journey wasn't just, I was just getting in to prove a point and, oh, you know, yeah, look at this footballer coming in. But it was no, so much more so deeper much more, than yeah. that. And then um, that's why, you know, when we did get to like English level and, you know, those sort of Southern era titles, yes, they're not, you know, amazing titles in the respect like of, but right? yeah. from what I've come from, if you look at my journey, that's where I, that's where I find my my specialness in in my character because I don't think that many people could have really let them come out of prison and just. So that's what made you. I think so. So that's like yes, that's amazing because it's almost like that's when you'd fought your whole life, you really had emotionally and and with everything, but then obviously that moment in prison, that turning point, you came out and started really fighting, not just figuratively. I think that's the turning point. I think that's yeah. what makes me really because you got to understand. I have nothing. 
like when I, when I, I lost my family, I don't wake up with my kids anymore. You know, some people who actually end up like that. That's why you, you like, see so many people, homeless yeah. people, become homeless, lose their complete minds, and you think, wow, I remember that person many years ago, but they're on the street just like this, like gone, right? I refuse, I, I Kirk couldn't and do Lan, it. Kirkland Lang, Kirkland Lang. Kirkland yeah. there. There's so many yeah. people that have, have been there, right? So, yeah, it, it, was the, it was a transition for me that I needed to get hold of, and I made the choice to do that, and that's why. So, so this next question would probably... Shed a different light onto onto what people expect. What does tough mean to you? Being tough. What does it mean to you? Being tough means to me now, at forty-four years old, um, being tough is is to be vulnerable. In terms of when I say that, um, I would never have thought I would have been bearing my heart and soul to the world. In terms of the pain that I've been through, I would have seen that as like. Um, you know, if I would have been showing you tears or, or you know, showing that kind of weakness inside to say to everyone, to say to the world that I'm, I'm, I'm weak because I'm feeling a certain way, that for me is, is, is a strength in itself because only when you, when you are perceiving that, when you are speaking those, you know, when I say to people now, I'm not doing too well today, um, cried a lot maybe last night um sort of suffering a little bit you don't understand that the person that you're telling or someone that's listening to that they might be going through the same thing yeah, so yeah. what you're actually doing is, is, is having your own therapy but at the same time you're still helping someone else you know and that's the biggest growth lesson for me that's the biggest thing for me to be able to to speak, that's what shows strength in me. I don't care about the judgment. I don't care about, oh, we've heard this story before. Oh, you know, pity you, you know, because there is some people in this world that unfortunately don't have good hearts, don't have heart like mine, and just are not kind. But when you park them aside, there's a massive percentage of the world that does actually get it and can be empathetic you know, empathise in, in what you're, you know, what you're going through. Would you say that younger Leon would have been petrified at the thought of showing them kind of emotions, been petrified at the thought of like I showing hid, that he was weak? I could, yeah, I kind of hid my emotions when I was, yeah, yeah. When I was younger. Isn't yeah. that common though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I kind of sort of hid it and, and, and a younger Leon would have, I was quite shy in places. Um, so, so what would be your advice if younger Leon was sat right in front of you? My advice to me, mm. um, Uh, be yourself. Um, fear is is the biggest fight for I think most of us. Mm -hmm. And I think, think if we get past fear, whatever that may be, then then you'll 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 be able to overcome whatever it is that you know. There there was, you know, there's been so many fearful moments. Um, I've seen I've seen players fold under fear of not doing more fear of of you know not achieving what that they're, they're they're trying to tell themselves to to be and do um fear of losing fights did i fear losing fights yeah i feared of losing but what i didn't fear was what my heart was going to do i never was i was never scared of yeah i didn't want to lose but i was never scared of what my heart would end up doing and i know that Either way, if I do lose, 
you ain't taking my heart away. Yeah, complete comfortability. And, and, and that's the biggest, um, that's the biggest thing I would say to myself. So, you know, a younger me would just be like, just keep being yourself and, um, you know, keep following what you need to follow, but understand what your heart is all about. Yeah. So, Leon, I just want to obviously I've noticed you're wearing Fight It, get the help, get 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 help and talk. Um, is this a brand of yours? Um, do you want to tell us a little bit something about that? Yeah, Fight It, get help and talk. Um, yeah, one of my best friends, Michael Dubry, actually kind of brought this to my attention. Um, and then obviously I've, I've I kind of bounced off it because I kind of loved it. You know, the idea of of what I do when I'm speaking and so forth. And um, this is something that I had to implement in my life. So these five special words for me are so special to the point of like, you know, when you see something and you visualize something and that these five words saved my life. Yeah. Fight it, get help, talk. And the fight is, is whatever you're going through. So that, you know, there's over 200 types of mental health conditions, you know, your mental health issue might be different to mine and so forth, but you still got your own things to fight. So that's what we have to fight. The it is whatever that may be, you know, could be bipolar, could be, schizophrenia whatever it is depression de depression is my it yep. so that's what i have to fight i know what it is fine the get help is that that's the the position you have to put yourself into go and get the right help just go and go and do it you have to force yourself you have to make sure that you do the right things to get the right help um because sometimes it, we you know we're going through it, it we can find it hard to maybe you know speak out but this is what i'm saying this is what i talk about about finding that strength having that strength this is where it's not because you're being weak because you're going to get that help Take this is strength. where you find the strength yeah. to go and get that help and then the talking is the therapy part mm -hmm. so the talking is the important part and that's the bit where everything's going to make sense because when you talk you heal and then when you heal you're able to 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 go on to to see the next day and um, it's all about not beating yourself up. Can I ask you something? Is it come to the stage now where more people are willing to talk openly about this and this has always been a problem? Or has society made us think that we, are, we aren't what we think we are or we aren't worth what we, we'd like to be worth? I think... The love, the love you have within yourself will only really tell you what you're worth. Like you have to love yourself to understand your value in life, regardless of what anyone else thinks. If we go along in life and think, you know, of what, you know, this person's thinking, what that person's thinking, you know, if you've got that value within yourself, you're always going to be all right. So yes, society has changed a lot yes there are many many brave people speaking and having the courage to come forward but also on the flip side if they if those people that have come forward and they're doing positive things and speaking positively there are people that still want to bring those people down they still there are that percentage of people that will be like oh you know like you're weak you're pathetic or whatever there's, you still, most there's, of those people are struggling probably the worst like, hundred right. percent yeah. so but if you listen to those if you listen to those people if you listen to the critics yeah it's not really you know if you do listen to those critics 
you're not going to have your own self-value. So you have to understand what your values actually, you know, actually is within yourself, and that's where then you'll be but able maybe, to go. Maybe, but maybe we are our own biggest, biggest critics. Because I always say, who are they? Mm. Where are they? Mm. Who are these people that are saying this? Mm. How many people have said that to you? Mm. Or is it something that we think yeah, that's, yeah. that is being said? So mm. these people may not be in masses of numbers. It might be one person that'll yeah. that'll that, that'll benefit and say, God, there's hundreds of them saying it. it might be just one person. Yeah, you repeat, but it's yeah. what we think of ourselves so yeah, they so actually probably don't exist yeah. or, or as, as big as you you think they do i think yeah, that's a 100%. great place to almost close that out because as as leon was saying if you forget the noise whether those people exist or not if you have love for yourself and you understand that mm. then it really don't matter you can shut the noise out believe in yourself and love yourself before. cbt works as well yeah. so cognitive, cognitive yeah. Behavioral yeah. Therapy, yeah. so that, that that helps as well i've done a lot of cbt stuff um and that really does help trans you know transform a lot in your mind and you change your thought process with certain things but yeah mindset yeah mindset exactly right so thanks so much for listening thanks guys for having me on. Um, nice yeah one. thanks for coming on leon honestly that was that was absolutely fantastic he needs to get a t-shirt that fits in next time yeah <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say man shut out the noise leon don't listen to him don't worry mate. Yeah. the thing is I know. I know, my lord. I know. I know. I know. Well, listen, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Fighting on the Inside. As always, I'd love to thank our sponsors: Well Hydrate, Pulse Roll, NordVPN, and Real Power of One. Without those guys, we couldn't be doing what we're doing. Um, and again, thank you so much, Leon. There's a lot of powerful stuff in there, and I think it really rings true with what we're trying to do here. If anybody out there is struggling, always speak up and get some help. Um, and yeah. Thank you, and we will see you next week. This is Rocket Audio.